Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're on season eight now, and I'm just having such a great time talking to new artists, entrepreneurs, actors, innovators, just talking to different individuals who I really admire and I love their careers. And so we have Travis here with us. If you guys have not heard of Travis Trail, you're going to learn a lot about him and his career. Um, something is undoubtedly correct. When Taylor Swift personally raves on Twitter about how much she loves a cover of her song. And Travis's undeniable talent caught the attention of the global superstar when he covered a stripped down version of her hit song, Style. Now Travis is poised to continue his upward ascent with his creative energy and original music. With over 75 million views on YouTube, and well over 270 million streams on Spotify, Travis has been showing the world what he does best. In February 2017, Travis released his first debut EP, Keep Hope Alive. With the breakout song somehow amassing over 25 million streams on Spotify alone. Travis's goals are reasonably straightforward and inspiring with an exciting time to come. In 2019, he signed a distribution deal with Warner Music Philippines for his debut full-length album. The album was released worldwide on Valentine's Day, February 14, 2020. The first single from the album was released in November 2019 and was titled Right Here. With the follow-up single, Fix Me, featuring superstar Amber Leo. The album has already amassed over 1.1 million streams on Spotify alone and continues to grow as he performs the album live weekly on Twitch. In 2021, he started Fanded, a tech company enabling fans to invest in their favorite creators' albums, films, and art projects. Fanded's mission is to change how artists release their projects by allowing fans to fuel their creative projects throughout investment instead of going the major label route. Travis believes this is the future of the creator economy and looks forward to a day when thousands of creatives are working with their millions of supporters and fans to get their art to the world. He strives to continuously work on his art and have the opportunity to share his love of music and natural talent with the world. All he can hope for is that people listen to his songs and feel better from the moment the first note begins. And I'm just so excited to have Mr. Travis here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for making time to be here. Man, it's totally my pleasure, Jeriel. Thank you for, for having me. I'm, I'm honored, I'm stoked to, to be able to have this conversation, especially with you know such a, uh, such a music lover as yourself and an art lover as yourself. So um, yeah, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much. I came up with some fun creative questions, which I'm gonna to get to in a second, but I wanna tell you how much of a fan I am of yours because I know you actually started music, like really like releasing stuff around, I think 2006 or so, but I know you had a band, I believe in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We were called New Heights, started in 2006. Um, yeah, so I'm so I'm so glad that you know about New Heights. Yeah, I'm Twitch, I'm a fan. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm excited to have you on the show. And so I have some fun questions, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, but I wanted to just kind of talk about um, your company first, if that's okay. All right. So can you tell us about yeah, Fanded? I, I know a little bit about it, but for the listeners who are unaware, can you tell us a little bit about Fanded? Yeah, absolutely. So Fanded is really, you know, a, a, a play on the words funded and fan. Um, and I remember, you know, sitting on the stationary bike in 2020 um, with my two fists in the air, trying to like going like fan and funded. And I'm just trying to create this, this word. Um, but yeah, really the whole reason for that is because as an artist myself, um, you know, I've been doing this for over 15 years now. And um, I felt, I always, I was dreamed of a day that there'd be like a third option or fourth option to being a career, uh, being a creative, you know, for, for a career. And it just seemed to me, you know, just operating this way that the only options were, you know, be independent and, and you have to bootstrap everything yourself and you have to raise money yourself. Um, you know, the career to be an artist already seems impossible, but yet we still strive on, yet we still continue and we can't stop, um, you know, creating music and pushing this, this career up the hill. So really Fanded is, is um, an option for artists that um, either that, you know, want to stay independent or, you know, maybe they've recently uh, left a label contract or anything like that. Really, it's just to allow artists to um, uh, raise, raise capital for their, their projects whether it's an album, um, music video tour, or even a, a film, short film, um, we're recognizing that more and more people are, are seeing the creator economy grow and they want to be able to be a part of fueling that. And fans really want to go deeper, you know, in their relationship with their, with their favorite artists. So artists are already gathering, you know, their fans now and we're able to directly communicate with them. And really Fanded is just here to allow artists to be able to fuel their careers without having to sign uh, to a label if they don't want to, but they could work with their fans and ask those fans to um, invest into their albums and then, you know, um, be a part of the entire journey. Wow, I'm really excited about that. Congratulations, first off. I think that was an amazing um, opportunity for you to kind of be able to help connect yourself with your fans and then also being able to help so many artists out there who are maybe fearful of signing those contracts. It gives them now kind of that revenue in, in, in a way of them being able to learn more about the music industry and then also not falling into the traps of what happens when you're signed to certain labels. Um, we've seen that with a lot of artists like TLC being one example. Um, I just always go back to that behind mm. the music special and just seeing, I'm like, wow, I was such a huge fan of that group and just what happened to them was yes. just horrible. But it, it's going to continue to happen in the music industry if people allow themselves to not read the contracts and understand um, the different variables to, you know, just, you know, a lot of singing, um, live, touring, making money with merchandising. There's so many ways that um, a lot of record mm -hmm. labels can make money off of artists. So I love that you were able to think of this and you're giving people a voice. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Jerry, because... Yeah, that's really what it is, right? You know, um, artists want to be more autonomous nowadays, right? And I, the question really came to me in 2019 when I was trying to, um, you know, I, I, I released a deal, uh, released a record with Warner Music Philippines in 2020. Um, but up to that, I was trying to, you know, see what I could do with gathering funding for a tour because, you know, as an artist, like I'm able to see where my cities are. I'm able to see where my fans are, are you know, aggregating and, 
um, and I want to be able to go out and build and, and no label was willing to, you know, um, fund my, my tour, you know, like I was looking for something like $50,000, you know, just to continue going because financing a tour is really expensive. So um, there's this thing called the thousand true fan rule um, that was written in like 2011, but you know, really the thousand true fan rule for those that don't know it is it's an idea saying that um, an artist can have a hundred thousand dollar gross salary if they have 1000 fans that spend $100 at least within one year. So meaning even if a fan, one fan were to spend $25 per quarter, if you've played, you know, for them four times a year, you know, it's a ticket sale, that's essentially $100,000 of, um, you know, gross revenue. And so that's kind of what we're doing is that we're taking this idea of 1000 fans. So we're allowing an artist to, you know, potentially sell up to 1000 um, investment positions priced at $100 to really kind of spread out, uh, you know, the, <clears throat> the amount of capital that's being invested rather than just one person let's spread it out to a lot of people. And then now the fans get, you know, perks like, you know, 50% off all merchandise for life for the artist or a golden ticket that allows them to um, go to the shows that are in their hometown for free for life. Um, you know, really, we're recognizing that, I mean, even for myself, you know, and that, that's the thing about Hot Our Name is that not everybody gets to be an artist, but everybody is a fan. And, you know, we really want to honor fans in that way. And we want to be able to create a more symbiotic ecosystem for artists to start better and to sustain, because that's ultimately our goal is to allow artists to not have you know, three, four record uh, careers, we want them to be able to create, and I want to be able to create until my hands don't, you know, can't move anymore. <laughs> you know, I want to keep it going as long as I can, so. Well, I think you you hit the nail on the head, and I think, Travis, you're going to help so many people who have not heard of this before, and I have a lot of artist friends that I've talked with on the show, so hopefully they'll be able to hear this, and if they want to be a part of it, I just think that this is the greatest you know, tool to help, especially independent artists or songwriters, or even people who are going into um, the film industry. This is a great opportunity. Oh, thank you oh, so no much. Ray. I, appreciate but I wanted it. to make sure we started with that for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. thank you. All right. So I have some fun questions and they're going to actually be some titles of some songs that I think you might know. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. So my favorite artist of all time right now, especially I love listening to her, is Tori Kelly. I've seen her on tour oh, wow. twice yes. and she was in Cersei, Arkansas. And I'll never forget the first time I saw her, I got extremely sick at the concert. And some of my mom and I were there and I was like, oh, oh no. no, like I have been planning for this for so long and I missed part of it. So I said, if she ever comes back on tour again, I'm definitely going to see her. And then I had an opportunity to see her in Dallas. And so we traveled to see it and I stood for, it had to be a three hour wow. concert. My legs felt like Gumby at the end, but I had such a great time. <laughs> Was it worth it? It's all, she's totally worth it, isn't she? Oh my God. Like Tori Kelly, I know almost maybe 99.9% .9 of every lyric to her songs. Cause I'm like that much obsessed. Hey, let's go. <laughs> so like should have been us is like one of my favorites, but my favorite song is she actually did. It's one that she didn't release, which was called Design. And she's she's performed oh. that one. Um, this is way before her album came out. This is doing the handprints and the, the EP. Ah, mm. uh, it's like deep cuts. Oh, yeah. And so this song, Design, awesome. it talks about, like, loving yourself. And I just really love mm. her. And so I saw that you actually did a cover <laughs> of this song. 
And I wanted you to tell yeah. me about what went into the, the recording of this cover and how did you relate to the lyrical content of the song? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, long story short, I mean, I had met, like, I had met Tori years ago, you know, just through like kind of the YouTube family, you know, of artists. Um, she's really good friends with a friend of mine, AJ Raphael, and they've, they've done songs together. But um, I remember her releasing It Should Have Been Us. And I just remember being like, yo, that song is fire. And uh, obviously her vocals are amazing, but it was so cool to hear her kind of do like a, I don't know, it was like a darker kind of chord progression, right? But then kind of got this like swing, like hip hop beat to it. Um, and I really loved the arrangement that they did, but I always, you know, for me, I, I, I love, I love sad, but happy songs. <laughs> my, my, my fiance, Ali, she says that you, you make music that's sad, but happy. <laughs> and I love like kind of turning those songs, like happier songs, kind of sad, but like, you know, um, introspective and, um, you know, honestly, I can't remember too much other than just me kind of riffing with the with you know my piano like I always do um I kind of just sit there with the what I do is I I take the the wave file and then I um I transpose it down in Pro Tools and I listen you know within these you know I sing in like my, my money spot my, my sweet spot keys are like key of C major uh A flat major weirdly and like B and so I'll, I threw it into like I think B and I was singing it and I was having, messing with it and messing with like the, the tempo and, you know, just kind of like came together, um, you know, in, in, in a really good way that I, that I enjoyed. But I got to say, you know, like that, that cover has gone on to do well. Um, but I do have to say, Jeriel, that I was just telling another artist that I mentor that it's weirdly the, 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 the records that I, I don't like, you know, uh, edit to death, you know, like I, I, I feel it and I, I release it and then I move to the next one. Those are the ones that actually end up, you know, really um, being reciprocated by people and like people seem to feel them versus the ones that, you know, I, I like spend hours and hours and hours, you know, overly editing and tweaking. Um, but yeah, that, that one, that one's great. And, you know, shout out to Tori Keller for writing an incredible song. It is amazing. That is my wish, like on my vision board to have her on the show one day. And I have yes. mentioned her like hundreds of times. Like I have so many episodes of like, my dream is Tori Kelly. I want her on the show. I just want to talk to her because I really am such a huge <laughs> fan. So hopefully one day that day will happen and I probably will lose my mind. But I just love what she stands for. And I've been following her career before American Idol, mm -hmm. but just after her not getting what she deserves on that season as far as making it where she should have and then going right. to YouTube and and persevering. That's why I love you and your career as well is because you show people that it's not about winning. Mm -hmm. It's not about any of that. It's about believing in yourself, having an mm -hmm. inner confidence and actually putting forth that positive, you know, energy into the world. And then people can connect with that because they feel like you're, you're accessible in a certain way yeah. where there, you know, certain artists out there, I won't name, of course, any of those artists, but it's very hard when you see, you know, there's a disconnect mm -hmm. and you can tell it's something that's fabricated or something that's manufactured. And mm -hmm. so I like seeing people who, hey, I feel like I can sit down with coffee, have coffee with yeah. someone or go to the mall and just talk about just anything and feel like mm -hmm. that person really is intent on what I'm saying. And I feel the same way. 
Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you there. I mean, music is supposed to be the energy of the people, right? Um, I mean, like just in history, if you look at like, you know, the creation of music history, I mean, it, it, the time that music got elitist was, was you know, back uh, when, you know, it was, it was orchestras before any sort of amplification. And it was, you know, highbrow music, but then, you know, literally music was supposed to be, like music was felt, it was always felt, it was danced to, it was, you know, um, yeah, it was just used by people. And I, yeah, I, I, I think that I totally agree. Like my favorite artists are the ones that, yeah, I feel like I can like go have some coffee with or, or grab a beer with, or, you know, it should speak to, it should relate. And I think that that's my favorite thing about music. It's like the language that we all speak, but we don't speak it, we feel it. And, you know, I just want to continue being a part of that conversation as long as I can. Well, I think you do a perfect job of that for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) So the next question I have is fix me. So what is one thing you wish you had fixed about yourself and your youth that you have currently learned to embrace about yourself? Oh, man, that's a great question. I feel like I was just talking to my therapist about this. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that song, you know, first, I got to say shout out to uh, Johnny Keenan, aka LSA and um, Seth Goodwin, aka The Velvet Year. Um, they really, they produced that song and wrote that song. And and, and Johnny actually wrote um, uh, like all the lyrics, I think, on it. And then Seth helped produce. Um, and, you know, when Johnny showed me that song years ago, I thought it was brilliant. And I was like, you got to release this. But he he was kind of between releases at a time. And so, you know, we had a discussion. I was like, yo, I would love to sing this song of yours. And, you know, I just, I don't even, you know, I love singing other people's songs. As you know, I, I cover a lot of songs. Um, but I just, I just love great songs. And this song really hit me hard because, you know, to, to answer your question, I think one of the things that um, I've learned to embrace is, uh, you know, I used to think that being like different was a bad thing. I mean, you know, we all do, right? We, as human beings, we pattern match, we have to, uh, you know, we associate with people and groups that, you know, are, seem similar to us, of course, so that there's safety there. But, you know, growing up, I remember this one time, like, I was in, like, I don't know, third grade or something. I was singing in choir, and I was just doing what everybody else was doing. I was just singing, and apparently, I don't know if I was out of tune or not, or, like, if I was singing too loud, but these kids kept looking up at me like I was, like, you know, like I was doing something wrong, but, and I just was kind of having, like, an anxiety attack in third grade, like, what am I doing wrong? And there was, like, instances of that, you know, happening over time. Um, where I would just be different. I would try everything in my power to assimilate. And, you know, for some reason, I was always just different. And I, even, you know, 2019, or not 2019, uh, when I was 19, back in 2006, the very first concert that I played was, um, you know, with New Heights. And I just remember, you know, a guy screaming at us to go home. Um, and it was, it was just confusing, you know, because we we're like, we live down the street. I don't know what he wants, you know, from our house, but, we, you know, um, it, it at the time it felt you know like a like really bad but then it became kind of like this not necessarily a chip on my shoulder but it just became kind of like how I define my life and so you know I, I had always wanted to you know not be different but I think that to answer your question full circle it and it's kind of what I tell artists now um, our voice and who we are um, is you know, our, I always say our soul is, our music is our soul's expression. And I believe that being different is actually the only differentiator that we have to stand out 
you know, in a crowd. And I'm just such a proponent now telling as many people as I can stand upon your differences and um, don't allow anybody to say that you need to be, you know, fixed in a certain way. You know, you're amazing for how you are. You're, you know, you know wonderfully, beautifully made. And um, yeah, so that's what I would, I would, I would say. I think you said a mouthful, and I think that's important for people to listen and hear this, especially our younger um, listeners. I think um, it was Albert Einstein, I believe, that said this. I'm trying to remember my head. I think he said, the person who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. The person who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been before. I think it was him that said that. Wow, I love that. I've never heard that. I'm going to check and make sure. I'm, I'm going back in my mind, but I think it was him. So if, if I'm correct, I'm going to send it to you later on. But yeah. yes, please. <laughs> but I feel like it's important like to just be yourself and be authentic. And that's what the difference between artists, you know, who have careers and people who are just, you know, being controlled um, in certain settings. And so I, I love that. Mm. And speaking of the word love, it kind of goes into my next question, mm. which is love drunk. So what is your definition of the word love? And who is one person who has shown you unconditional love? Mm, that's good. Um, you know, uh, to answer that, I would say, man, you know, love is, love is everything, right? Like, um, you know, I've been, I've been reading the, uh, this book that kind of explains that happiness is actually uh, a contribution and how you know, we can, oftentimes we're searching for happiness, but, but, you know, and I keep stress testing this every single day. I'm like, is it, is it contribution? And, and I'm just learning every single day from my experience that happiness is when you are contributing to someone or something, um, you know, beyond yourself. And, you know, to me, I think it's like being in love really is, is that it's, 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 it's feeling obviously accepted for who you are, but also it's, in giving love and I think that you know that song love drunk represents that a bit it's like yes it's kind of this about this puppy love and it's about these uh you know these these characters in a sense that you know we imagine them as like young or like you know high school and, and hopefully one day I get to make like a I want to make a music video that that actually is like a high school dance or like high school prom but with like people you know seniors and kind of like reminisce you know on like you know their past lives and things like that but um yeah i would say that that's my definition of love is like you know really giving and receiving um life and uh you know really going on a journey with each other and and continually just selflessly giving to each other so um and then for me i'd say the person that that reminds me of like just i guess unconditional love would i mean my mom for sure you know she's the strongest woman i know and um, you know, she is the, the matriarch of our family and she is our rock. I mean, she's just, she's given me everything that I have, you know, taught me everything. And so even in, in that sense, I always try to, um, like, she knows how much I love music. And so I always try to include her in, you know, in everything. So shout out to you, mom. <laughs> What's your mom's name, Travis? Her, her name is Noreen. Noreen. So I want to do something special. I want to actually dedicate this episode to her. Oh, thank you so much. That's amazing. Yeah, I really She'd do. So honored. I love my mom and I. We're very, very close. And I feel like 
it's important to just remember those connections because we just never know in life where we're going to end up. Mm-hmm. And, and I just always go in my mind yeah. and saying like, everything I do is not only in remembrance of who she is still on this earth, but when she's not here, there's a legacy that she's going to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that I can make her not only proud, but that I can be grateful that I've had someone who not only cared about me, but she cares about everyone. Like she doesn't meet a stranger. She's always talking and laughing with people and getting to know um, anyone. And I just think that's amazing. And that's not something we see in this world as often as we should. Well, I feel her, her, you know, I feel her through you, you know? So, I mean, I know that she's not, you know, she's still here and everything, you know, but like, I, I, it's, we are, our, you know, we, we can't not, right? That's, that's who it is. Like we are our mothers. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I have a fun one. It's you and me forever. So if you were given mm. the option to never record music again and choose a different profession involving music, like being like a music executive or a scout for new talent, would you actually change careers? Man, that's a really good question. It's honestly, it's something that I was kind of like mentally grappling with over the pandemic. Not that I was like gonna quit or anything, but I just knew that the commitment to to start and, and you know, create Fanded was gonna take a lot out of me. And I was really assessing whether um, I should like kind of temporarily hang up the hat of performing, you know, to pursue this. And it's funny, I end up realizing, especially talking to the team and all that, like, especially where we're at as a startup, so much of, you know, Fanded's quote unquote success, um, you know, relies on actually um, me being an artist and kind of being a template for a framework um, to teach artists, you know. And so, through this journey, I've, I've thought of that a lot and I've, I've had discussions, you know, with other people about, you know, what would you do? And so honestly, I would say that if I had, if I had to quit making music, I do, I think I would just want to do what I'm doing really. Like, I, I think I've discovered over the past few years that my purpose on this earth is to help reduce suffering for creatives or artists specifically, but, you know, recording artists, but creatives in general. Just because so much of my life, you know, I, I grew up not well off, you know, we were on welfare growing up, both my parents were in the military and, you know, um, we struggled, but it was from, you know, it was through those struggles that, that really gave me um, that perspective and that want to do better and to do better for my family. And, you know, having to, to go through it yourself and all that, I would never wish that upon anyone. And, but, you know, those lonely nights and those things that you, where you question your very existence, you question you know, am I doing this right? Like all that stuff. I didn't have many people other than, you know, just certain friends, but I've always wanted to be that kind of anchor for artists, you know, like tell them and help them and show them that it, this art, this, this, this creativity that you have is, is so important. And I think that a, a lot of the reasons that we have um, a lot of mental health issues today is because it's for a lack of channeling our creativity and a lack of being able to express ourselves. Um, and so yeah, I honestly, I don't really know exactly what I would do, but I would maybe be want to be like an artist therapist or a creative therapist or coach, mentor, something like that. <laughs> that would be great. You could work with me, Travis, because as a counselor myself, I know oh. how stressful it can be. Um, you know, I'm an LPC and I've been mm-hmm. working in the field for eight years. So it's, wow. it's a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm so yeah. We'll have to talk offline. You know, I, I, I'm gonna have to ask you so many questions if you got time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, we're gonna definitely connect after the show, and I can talk to you more about it. But it's it's such a great thing when I get to see people make shifts in their lives. I, I don't like to just use the word changes because I feel like we can shift um, our perspective and our purview of what we mm. want and, and choose to accept into our lives. And I'm a big person on energy versus time management. And so my clients know that that's something I say, if your energy is off, meaning mine or theirs, and there's any transference or counter transference issues, um, that can definitely um, mess with a therapeutic alliance that's being built in the beginning stages of counseling. But when we think of like the stages Mm. of change that there's some people who are in pre-contemplation and that can even be related to music. Like there's some people who have, have a hard time accepting that they wow. want to be an artist because maybe they have um, preconceived notions about the music industry or maybe their family members are pushing them into the career mm. and they're feeling like they're indebted to someone to do this as an art form. And so I feel like when I think of you know mental mm. health, especially um, with people of color, um, which has been a big struggle that I've noticed, um, even with myself, they'll look at me and they're like, oh, mm. you should know where I'm coming from. And I'm like, I understand we all have plights and things that we deal with, but I don't know everyone's journey and Mm. the experience. I'm only here to be that anchor, as you mentioned earlier, to help you so that you don't drown. But I also have to take credit for Mm. the failures as well as the successes, if Mm. that's my viewpoint. And so I always tell clients, they're like, oh, you did it for me. I'm like, no, you did it yourself. I gave you the tool and you applied it and used it in Mm. your life. So it's not about me. It's about your journey. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that I was a part of just a small, minute part of what you're going to become. And so I feel like that's, that's life. Life is about our choices, right? In our minds and our thoughts and how we process things. Um, But I feel like we have to just be emotionally aware and attuned emotionally before we can actually see the growth that we were hoping to expect or expand upon that moving forward. Wow. Jerry, you need to also be an artist therapist as well, because this is <laughs> when you talk about energy and, and I mean, man, I, I already feel calm. This is great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever move to Louisiana, I can definitely <laughs> talk to you yes. about a few things, but yeah, That's but outside true. of that, I love, I love just talking about life and just experiences. Um, like for me, I was a victim of abuse. Um, which I don't mind sharing. I've talked to people about Mm -hmm. that. I'm pretty open. And then I've also just experienced police brutality. I've experienced um, going through Mm. hurricanes, Katrina and Rita and surviving those and and then losing a grandparent who had dementia. She died in my arms. And so it's it's been a lot of traumatic things that I've seen or experienced. But I always tell people, that's just a part of my journey. I didn't give up and I didn't allow that to detour me from helping others. And I feel like that's what your music does for me, Travis. And that's why I wanted you on the show. Because I feel like you helped me, like Tori and like many other wow. artists. If I don't hear and I don't experience that, then I'm not whole. You know, I want to be whole and I want to be happy. And I have to be able to find it in all different creative outlets. And so you've been a huge huge person in me growing as a counselor but also just as a person so I just wanted you to hear that wow oh my gosh that means oh man you make me cry 
that that means so much just because yeah i mean the fact that that the things that you know i make here at home or in the studio could reverberate you know into you know the existence of others especially like yourself you know could like permeate that deeply and and, and help i mean i that's why it's like the biggest honor even to be a musician i feel like musicians were stewards you know like because you know i don't I don't know, you know, why or where, where I came from or anything or why I have this this voice. All I want to do is just be able to help people. Um, yeah, like like it says in the bio, honestly, as cliche as it sounds, I want to help people feel better from the moment, you know, they start listening because that's what music has always been for me. And I just see myself as a conduit to like just continue that, you know? And at the end of the day, right, all of these things that we're doing, we're just we're just trying to experience the fullness of the human experience, right? We're, we're, we're all trying our best on this life and, and we're all, we're all doing what we can. And um, I just feel like, you know, with music, uh, music inherently creates community. And when we're doing it together, you know, um, and we're, we're not focused on our differences, but we're focused on, and that honestly, that's one of the things that I say about Fanded is like that so much of Fanded and the idea of Fanded is, is baked into what I, what music has done for me. It's created community. It's given me confidence that, that, you know, I can, you know, try things that might seem impossible. Um, it's, it's given me the courage to, to express myself, you know, and I just want that for everyone. And um, music is one of those things where it's like the, sure, the, the, the billionaire, you know, hedge fund, you know, founder, she could be at the same concert as the freshman kid, you know, um, from, whatever high school, they could literally be at the same concert for the same artist. And there's no hierarchy. There's literally just, you know, experience and time being here, but they're enjoying it together. And so, yeah, man, thank you for saying that, Cariel. That, that means Absolutely, a lot. Absolutely, Travis. I just wanted you to hear that. I think it's important for people to be given their flowers and to, to know what they really are doing to help change lives. And so I think you definitely have done that for sure. And speaking of changing lives, I want to kind of go into an artist that we all know and we love, Miss Taylor Swift. <laughs> so yes. can you tell me about yes. what is your favorite Taylor Swift song that you've covered and how has she helped reshape the music industry? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, my love for, T for T Taylor runs deep, I'm sure, just like yours does <laughs> and all us, us other Swifties. Um, I mean, to answer your first question, honestly, I think one of my favorite songs to cover of hers was actually, it's a toss up between Clean and this other song called You Are In Love. And because I remember hearing those songs, for, first of all, Clean, you know, was co-produced with one of my other favorite top 10 artists, a top 10 for me, um, uh, Imogen Heap. You know, she, to see Taylor and Imogen Heap, you know, collab on that. And it was cool even to hear, you know, all the songs up to that album, you know, Taylor's sound was very like country pop, obviously, but then hearing her work with Imogen on this kind of Brit Euro, you know, progressive pop sound that, that, you know, Imogen is so good at was so cool. And I just remember like thinking the production is awesome, but like how cool that Taylor was willing to take a chance on this type of production for her album. And also the song was so good. And I just thought, man, I, I want to create like a B-sides you know, like if Taylor did, like got asked to do this, you know, now we're seeing it a lot more, right? You know, Spotify, they, you know, they do their um, kind of like versions and stuff, live versions. But I was like, man, pretty much what I was, all I was trying to do uh, with a lot of my covers in the early days was just like, 
trying to coerce Taylor into like doing this version. Like, hey, you got to make a version like this. So I'll just make it as a template. Um, and then there's another song called You Are In Love that I covered. And I just remember hearing that song for the first time too and having the same kind of feeling about it. Um, but those two, I'd, I'd say it's a toss up. And then I, I apologize, I forgot your last question. So yeah. Oh, no problem. The second part was, can you tell me how has Taylor kind of shifted the music industry in her own way? Yeah, you know, I mean, for me personally, she's shifted my experience as, as an artist because I, I think, you know, being an artist of color, right? Like just feeling inferior to, to other artists and, and just inferior to the music industry in general is kind of a default mode, you know, for, for what it was for me. And especially as a producer, you know, I love producing different genres of music, but unfortunately as a producer, it got me so focused on genres. So to see Taylor transcend from, you know, her country roots um, and kind of being this like, you know, this young, shy, you know, representing kind of like the 15, 16 year old girls of America um, but then transcend that into becoming, I mean, Taylor Swift, I mean, her name is bigger than, you know, the industry. It's, it's really amazing to see. And I think she's inspired me so much in that sense that it almost doesn't necessarily matter where you tried to go. If, as long as you actually are just focused in the moment and you're focused on who you are. I mean, I, I think it's so cool to see her journey of like just growth. Uh, you know, uh, becoming a worldwide brand, and then also even setting a new precedent of how songwriters and, and you know should own their masters. And um, you know, even though she, you know, it was cool, right? she was able to, you know, get the rights of the master recording because she re-recorded them, obviously. But I just think you know that she's one of the the reasons why I believe that um, recording artists are the next revolution. And that's why, um, you know, I don't mean to plug, but like, you know, where I've been recording uh, a bunch of different podcast episodes for Fandit's podcast um, called the Artistpreneur Podcast. And really the whole point is to show artists that, hey, you are an entrepreneur, you are a founder as well, because you have to deal with these things. And we want to just help you give, the, give you the tools and that maybe have you listen to some other founders um, and see that, you know, you are not different because, you know, we're all fighting for for you know the things that we see and we feel in our heart and our minds and we're all creating something out of nothing and um so yeah honestly i'm she's done so many things but i think my favorite thing that she has done for the music industry um has has been she created a lot of belief for artists that they can do it too 100 percent. and from what i heard now maybe i'm incorrect you can correct me if i'm wrong but i thought they said that Taylor Swift was offered the Super Bowl first, I believe. Oh, wow. I That's what that. I was hearing. Like, originally, she was supposed to do the Super Bowl in 2023, but um, because she doesn't have her master's, you know, everything re-recorded from those albums, that she turned it down, and then Rihanna, uh -huh. supposedly, that's when they offered it to her. Oh, I see. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So I hope I'm not wrong, but I think that's what I heard. But it doesn't matter. She's going to be there one time, and I love Rihanna. And so yep. I can't wait, and hopefully we'll get a Rihanna album coming soon. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Like, as soon as I saw her doing doing uh, the Super Bowl, I'm like, there's got to be a new album on the way, please. I know she's busy building her, you know, her empire, but, you know, <laughs> we need you, Rihanna. But she can still make music and do yes, it. Yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. 
So I'm excited. I only have a few more questions for you, Travis. So the, the next one I have is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Travis? Oh man, this is perfect because me and my therapist are doing a lot of uh, uh, inner child work. Um, but I think the, I think honestly, if I had to boil it down to one thing, I would say, I would say, I would tell him, these are the good old days, like literally what you're living right now. And I know it's stressful. I know that it seems insurmountable. It seems impossible. And like, you know, your emotions are telling you that this, this thing that you might be going through or this thing that you're dealing with is the hardest thing. Um, and I remember being, you know, being 15 and or being younger and, and always hoping for later, you know, I just, I wish I can't wait till the day that I get my license. I can't wait until, you know, I'm over 25 and I can rent a car with no problem or no extra fee. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would probably tell him that I would probably say, you know, these really are the, the best days. And so spend every moment you can soaking it up because one, it's not only going to make your art better, um, but two, that's what you're here for, you know, is to soak it all up, represent it and mirror it back to, to um, society and to your community. So just, just chill, you know, tomorrow will come. It's fine. Um, but, but really take it moment by moment, um, enjoy the moment and live in, in the moment. I love that. So I'm going to make a joke so you can just laugh for this one. <laughs> so if I had a model, it probably would be never eat more than you can live. <laughs> I love that. So <laughs> and that's a, that's a Miss Piggy yeah. reference, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I wanted to make a joke. Um, I love to eat, but I love to share. And being from New Orleans, you know, one thing we love is just the community and 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 being around others and just having a good time. But I, I will say one thing my grandfather always taught me, he said, it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. And that was always Ooh. his statement that he told me when I dealt with any bullying or aggression or people just being rude. He was like, you know what? You don't have to answer to any of that. Like, if that's not who you are, if that's not what is true, it's not, you know, about that. It's how you respond to it. And I think mm. that has helped me in my career, even with this show. Like, you know, I deal with a lot of different personalities and people who share different experiences. And I'm the same person. Mm. So I, I want to continue to show and share positivity with the world. And that is my goal. And I want it to be as less divisiveness in this world that we can have. And it starts with me, because if I'm not actually living a happy, healthy life, it's going to be very difficult for me to expect that from others. So I feel like in this journey that we all are taking, you know, we're all going to have different stops. I like to relate it to like a train that we're going to all have different stops that we, we end up taking but it doesn't have to derail, you know, we get to choose if it's going to be a smooth ride or if we're going to have some, you know, issues along the way, but we get to meet so many different people along that journey. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that description too. Like we have different stops. It reminds me of, um, oh, I forgot what book that was. The book where it was like in the afterlife, they were going to different bus stops. Um, but anyways, no, yeah, that, that reminded me of it, but no, I love that, Jerry. Thank you. I appreciate that. So Travis, I have two last questions for you. I'm going to combine these last two. 
So the first question is, can you tell our listeners how can they find you online? And the second part of that question is, can you tell us what's next for you that we can look up uh, out for and hopefully support? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you if you just search uh, Travis Atreo, that's uh, Travis, and then A-T-R-E-O, Atreo on Google, then everything should pop up. Um, you know, same thing on Facebook, Instagram, even LinkedIn, um, you know, uh, YouTube, all those things. Um, and then, you know, honestly, uh, what's coming up next um, is uh, really, so I'm actually launching my campaign for my next album. Um, I'm actually doing a country pop album. I'm finally, you know, doing it. I spent years and years, um, you know, being, I don't know, being a kid, like, you know, in my head, like being so scared of the music that I grew up with uh, and, and, you know, loved. Um, but I'm finally doing it. I've got a single that's actually dropping um, Thanksgiving Day, which I'm excited about. It's a, it's a song, um, you know, dedicated to actually my, um, uh, my father-in-law um, who had just passed. And it's really a song, uh, it's called uh, Sweetest Lullaby. And it's kind of, you know, um, it's written kind of in the, in the sense that even if our physical bodies, you know, might be gone, um, he, he is around us. You know, we still, we still feel him around us. We still feel that he's still teaching us things. And um, he, he is our sweetest lullaby in that sense. So that'll be coming out at um, Thanksgiving. And then, you know, we're just going to continue uh, we're actually going to be doing town halls with artists too for Fanded, where we just, you know, get an event together. We get to talk to artists and, you know, see how we can help as a company, you know, um, reduce suffering for artists. So that's really, really what's what's next. Well, Travis, this has been one of the best experiences I've had in a long time. Um, talking with someone who I admire, but also hearing your story of courage, of resiliency, of just being authentic and sharing your light with this world i feel like you are the epitome of what we look for in a human being of just being just genuine but also paying it mm. forward and so i'm just very grateful that first of all you gave me an opportunity to talk to you and to share this space but also that you were able to just be raw and tell people the things they need to say in such a positive way and i feel like that's one thing that you possess that not many people have. And so I'm just very grateful for this amazing opportunity. I'm so grateful too, Jerry. We, we got to keep the conversation going. I would love to have you on our podcast as well. Absolutely. Whenever you need me, I will definitely give you my contact info so you can reach out and we will definitely keep in, in touch. And I would love for you to perform on my second podcast I have, which is called Space Between. So whenever you're ready to actually sing live and oh my gosh, have yeah. some fun, we would love to hear that voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd be honored. Yes, let's do it. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Travis, for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I appreciate you so much, Travis, and I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much. You too. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Just love, just love.